Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Manic calling signals, takes the snap, looks left, lobs it left, throws it right open, touchdown Giants! In the left corner of the end zone! Touchdown! With 35 seconds to go, and the Giants regain the lead! Manning the bird! When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Steve Summers! Sports Radio Uh, good evening to you and AB at 9.04 even, Saturday night right here on your fan, New York City. Steve Summers here, you there. And Paulie Rosenberg on the other side of the glass. And no from the one 877 That would be the number for another three-hour schmooze right up until Tommy Lugauer at midnight. Right here on your fan, New York City. It's time for us to dream again. Or to be back in the days when sports were king. That rollicking Wakas era. Are you reeling in the east? Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. They have upset the Baltimore Colts. Long right field. It is goodbye. A big, big World Series for Jackson. I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Six feet ten from Grambling. The captain of the next and most valuable player of the NBA. Are you reeling in the east? There's a fly ball and out to the left, waiting is Jones, the Mets are the world champion. Captain Mark Messier, come get the Stanley Cup. Little roller up along first, behind the back, it gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. Edward Johnson and Eric Howard. Marcells is up on the shoulders of the offensive line. Such a battering. For the third time in a row, fourth time in five years, and 26th time in franchise history, they are the world champions. Are you reeling in the east? And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Cobra! 
There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. Four seconds left. The Giants have won Super Bowl 25. Deep to left. Yastrzemski will not get it. It's a home run. A three-run home run for Bucky Dim. The Yankees now win it by a score three to two. Fastball hits deep to right. And the great Paul R. Zuman, uh, a genius, uh, putting uh, that together for our two guests coming up with their book, The 20 Greatest Moments in New York Sports History, Gary Myers, Mr. NFL to me, and Todd Ehrlich, the award-winning celebrated uh, producer for Channel 11, and uh, both involved in so many things and got this book out. Both you guys, welcome to the program, and thanks for a couple of minutes of your time, of course. Well, thank Steve, you it's so, so great much, to hear your voice again on FAN. Well, uh, and, and of course, Gary Myers uh, at one time co-hosting on WFAN and, of course, uh, the columnist for the New York Daily News and the author of a number of uh, sports books and Todd Ehrlich with uh, Channel 11, of course, uh, the producer uh, extraordinaire. And having both of you guys on is just terrific. How did you come to 20 uh, great moments for this book? Why not 21? Why not 25? Why not 30? Well, you know, Steve, you read our mind. And so we came up with 20, and then when Aaron Judge hit his 62nd home run, we ended up with 21 in the book because uh, we just pushed Connors and Crickstein to a bonus chapter and, and wrote a chapter on Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, uh, can you give us, before we get into your top 20, and uh, we do welcome uh, calls for both uh, Gary and Todd, and you know from the one eight seven seven three three seven six 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 six. What are the moments that you considered in your top twenty, and uh, but uh, didn't include in your top twenty? Well, I mean, wow, for that's... example, that's a great question. The, the Giants' second Super Bowl win is one. Gary, you want to share a couple of the others? Yeah, like the Mets' fourth and fifth World Series championship, Steve. You know, um, mm-hmm. hmm. they they didn't quite make it. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Uh, well, when it we'll consider it. Gary with a little humor. <laughs> well, I was a lobbing funny one small... of the two of us. <laughs> I would. I was lobbying from some more Mets moments, you know. But um, 
You know, I, I give Todd all the credit. Uh, you know, this was his idea, and he, he's been um, wanting to do this book for a, a long period of time, and uh, he asked me to, to help out with it um, during the process, and I, I, was, I was more than happy to do it because I thought it was a, I thought it was a tremendous idea. It's just I never really in the past had time to help him with it. And, you know, the timing just worked out right. And, but the, the whole concept of it and the way it's formatted was Todd's idea. And each chapter is laid out in a way where there's a very lengthy, uh, setup for the moment that uh. we, that we picked. And then we had Peter Body, my former colleague at, at the Daily News, wrote like a four to five hundred word game story. But in, in a way of putting it in perspective, you know, with the benefit of time having passed to, to write about the game and, you know, how we view it now. And then Todd did one of the more incredible things for this book. Steve, he conducted over 100, just about 100, it might have been 101, I can't remember now, mm -hmm. uh, original interviews to put in what we call the post game. And that's giving the principles of these moments an opportunity to address a lot of the key issues, you know, before, during, and after uh, each of these moments. And some of the stuff he got is, is just tremendous. And I'll give Todd credit, you know, in that his perseverance in, in going after these, in pursuing these players and coaches, Mm -hmm. You know, it was very, very time-consuming, and then all those interviews were, were great. You know, but you have to, for the interest of space, you have to cut them down and and pick out the most interesting things. And there's some real newsy stuff um, that came from the participants in these games that you know people just didn't know about at the time, and probably don't know about until they read this book. And you know, Todd, if you want to reveal a couple of those. I think that might be really interesting for the listeners, but, um, you know, even, even just moments that we thought we knew everything about when you go back to these players all these years later and they just start really revealing stuff that happened that they didn't bring up at the time. It, it is really pretty fascinating. Yeah. And, and Todd, what, when did you come up with the idea for this book? Because, the timing couldn't be better, what with 2023 so far being so disastrous, especially with uh, the baseball and especially with uh, the beginning of the football season for the Giants and the Jets. So when did you come up with this idea to do something where the sports fan in New York could remember uh, with uh, with uh, with a great deal of fondness uh, uh, with how good it was as opposed to how bad it is now? Well, Steve, it's an excellent question. And I, I came, I'm an overnight sensation. As you well know, I came up with the concept in 2003. So just a couple quick decades to sell <laughs> the book to a publisher. Um, and then just two years to write it. So I knew that the teams would be bad now. And, that's why I waited so long to get a publisher to green light the project. And, and, um, and Steve, 
Gary is um, is correct. I went to him first with this. Um, he was he was unable to hop on because he was writing another book. I went to Serbia. He partnered with me, and he just didn't have any luck selling it at the time. And then I resurrected it and got it sold um, just over two years ago. It took two years to write, and I couldn't have been any luckier to have a friend and a and a business colleague who was a New York Times best-selling author to um to help me with the book and and to really be um somebody that I could bounce ideas off of um the entire way through the book as well as um you know lending his prose to the book but to you know to then follow up on on something that that Gary said you know, you think you know everything about these moments. And I was really surprised by a, a number of stories. But the first one that really pops into my head was with the helmet catch and, and David Tyree. Hmm. And Steve, you know, Gary, you certainly know, covering um, almost every Super Bowl that's ever been played, that the Friday before the Super Bowl is really a dress rehearsal. Everything's supposed to be... 100% buttoned up, right? Tyree, as Toomer told me, couldn't catch a cold. He was dropping absolutely everything. He told me, quote, it was the worst <laughs> practice he ever had in his entire career as an athlete. That's saying something. He said, but this is one thing I didn't know. He said, Eli encouraged me afterwards saying, David, you're a gamer. I know you'll be ready. And when I interviewed Manning about it, I asked him, and he said, look, I always believe and I always trust in my guys. If you don't trust in them and you hesitate, then what will happen, right? So think about it. If he didn't trust Tyree and he hesitated, it's intercepted. Giants don't win a Super Bowl. So Eli went on to say, I trusted David there, and he came through. And boy, did he. And then, Steve, I followed up by asking Tyree, I'm sure that people come up to you every day and ask you for stories about the helmet catch and where they were and what they saw and what it meant to them. Do you have any that are more poignant or stand out more than, than any of the others? And he said, you know, I really do. One day a Giant fan came up to me and shared that his grandfather was on his deathbed and they all as a family watched the game together. And he was really only expected to live you know, maybe one more month, but he ended up living six months longer. Mm -hmm. And the grandson told him that the shared moment of watching the catch and the giant Super Bowl, they credit with extending his life. And David said it's the single most humbling and overwhelming thing that's ever been said to him. And, and I think that talks about the power of sports, Steve. I mean, I just think nothing unites us like sports. And so that's another reason why I wrote this book. And David Tyree wrote the forward uh, with uh, your book. And, and was that your favorite uh, moment, if you will, of the top 20? Well, I mean, you think about it, Steve, right? They're going against the Patriots. The Patriots are trying to track down the Dolphins as the only undefeated Super Bowl champion um, coming off a of spy gate. 
And and this underdog team goes in as a wild card. They go and they win in Tampa, then Dallas, then the frozen tundra, which mm-hmm. Gary worked for me that day and reported live from the frozen tundra on, on one of our pregame shows. And then they go against the Patriots, and nobody expects them to win. And then they win in this incredible fashion with the helmet catch, and then Plaxico's touchdown, and then Brady almost leads them back down. So, yes, it ended up being, I don't want to give it away. People, you can still buy the book at Amazon or <laughs> Barnes & Noble, but it is the number one moment. So I felt, and Gary, Gary felt, we huddled on everything, that David Tyree would be the most appropriate person to write the foreword for the book. Gary? Yes, yeah, well, and and it's well written, no question about it. the whole. Book, but what I've I've read most of it so far, and it's a lot of fun to read. There's no question about it. Gary, what is your favorite of the top twenty? Wow, um, you know, I I think just the enormity of um, the. Giants being an undefeated team, you know, clearly was the, the best moment. Um, and we, we had the cutoff at 1960. But just as a fan, and that would go up until the point in 1976 when I started doing this professionally. And so I, I was no longer a, foot, a fan of any football team. I just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was writing about it. But one of the reasons that I never wanted to write about baseball and I didn't was because Steve, I, I'm a Met fan since day one in 1962. <laughs> and um, that is the only professional team that I've rooted for my entire life, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And so to me, the greatest moment of all time, now I don't, I'm not saying it should be number one, but just personally for me, the greatest moment was the Mets winning the 69 World Series mm-hmm. because I, I lived and died basically with every pitch <laughs> of that season. I kept, and I still had the notebook that my parents had saved for me. <laughs> I, I kept a game by game journal of all 162 games. And then the uh, eight, you know, the three, um, um, Divisional playoff games or whatever, the league championship series at that point mm-hmm. against the Braves, they swept them in three, and then the five games of the World Series. So that was a total of 170 games. And I, I kept a journal of every game that entire season. And when I started doing it with game one, obviously I had no idea what was going to happen that year. And it, it was just, to me, it was just a tremendous moment. Um, and it, you know, the, the thing, and Todd touched on this before, Steve, that it's it's amazing not only how big a part of our lives sports is, but how deeply affected we are by the teams we root for and, and their highs and their lows and how it can affect our moods. And it um, you can remember where you were when certain things happened. That it's just like an, an incredible way for people to escape somewhat from, you know, their day to day stuff, and um, and and latch on to, you know, the, the teams that they really care about, mm-hmm. and, and and really, you know, revel in those moments. Um, I know you said 
this year has been, you know, it was terrible baseball season and the football season is off to a pretty horrible start. So I think that uh, one of the things to take people's minds off of uh, what's been going on in New York this year sports-wise is to, is to pick up this book and, and read about the 20 greatest moments. And I, I think it's a great book to stick on the coffee table or – you know, have discussions at the dinner table uh, about the order and, you know, how people might rank them differently. Um, it's a great book to discuss, you know, mm-hmm. watching games in a bar, mm-hmm. you know, and, and have some conversation or even arguments about, you know, what you think was the top 20. It's just a really fun book uh, to go through. And, and it's so comprehensive with just like I mentioned before, like just with details that, um, that people just couldn't possibly know about. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that considering your top 20 for both uh, you guys are putting this book, uh, book together, Todd Ehrlich, our guest, uh, the esteemed uh, producer for Channel 11, and just uh, one great sports writer, sports columnist, author, and person is Gary Owens, formerly of the Daily News, and of uh, the author of so many uh, uh, interesting, fascinating, insightful uh, books uh, already. And everyone knows from Gary Myers, with all the years he spent at the New York Daily News, uh, Mr. NFL to me. Bottom line is, so you two were taking into account, putting together this top 20, what would be historical, what would be memorable, um, and uh, what would be even, of course, emotional. And, of course, uh, when you root, when you're really a fan of a team, it's like a member of the family, no question about it. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, did you, either of you two ever consider that one great moment for any fan, as young as a boy or girl might be, going to their very first game whether it be basketball, baseball, football, even hockey, of course, uh, did either of you consider what it's what it's like for as far as memories go, as far as something that you'll never forget—the first game that you ever went to with your mother or your father or your older brother or your older sister? Did yeah. any of you consider that as a top twenty moment for any young person? I mean, Steve, I'd like to tackle that if I could. Um, The the concept in my mind, and Gary um, touched upon it, is that this book is written for generations of fans. So my my hope is that fathers buy for their sons, sons buy for their fathers, they buy for their grandfathers, and then they pick a chapter that means something to them. Maybe it's a team that they all follow or a game that they went to or watched together. They read the chapter and they use that as a discussion point. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I, I, this book is written for the masses. So I didn't want to take an individual and write about their experience. I wanted to write about what collectively we all experience when we go to games, when we watch games, when we read Gary's great columns in the daily news Mm -hmm. and when we talk about games and as Gary said, when we argue about games in bars, you know, and I wanted people 
to have a chance to come together as they do at stadiums, as they do collectively, and then as families read the book together, everybody reads a chapter, and then they discuss it. So I did have families in mind. I, you know, I have a six-year-old son who is growing up right here in beautiful Rivervale, New Jersey, surrounded by New York sports fans, and I want him to know the history, and I want his friends to know the history of these teams, not just what happened now. So I, my hope is that this book will inspire them to read and discuss the, the history. And then also, as Gary said, I hope people argue about the top 20 or 21 moments and, and say, they're wrong. It should be this. It should be that. Because hmm. they're arguing about it. They're talking about the book. And that's aces with me. Well, all right. We're going to take a break. Our two guests, they're going to be with us for another half hour or so. And again, with Gary Myers and Todd Ehrlich of Channel 11. Gary Myers, of course, Mr. NFL, been covering uh, the National Football League, uh, local teams uh, forevermore. And we'll continue with those two. Their book out, The 20 Greatest Moments New York in New York Sports History, from 1960 until today. And you're more than welcome to call in and uh, and go at it with uh, the two of them with what could be your uh, greatest moment over the last uh, so many years. So know from the one 877 on the fan New York. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Although things are going to change next year, we're going to move across the street. There are a few things with the New York Yankees that never change. That's pride, it's tradition, and most of all, we have the greatest fans in the world. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Steve Salmers, Sports Radio, 1019 FM. The Fan, WFAN. 
continue with uh, Gary Myers and Todd Ehrlich. Let's go right to the phones. Michael is calling from Inglewood Cliffs. Mike, you're on the fan. Hi, Steve. Gentlemen, sounds like a great book. I look forward to reading it. Reminds me of one of my most interesting sports moments was when I think it was Todd Pratt hit a game-winning home run in the playoffs against Arizona, and it went over the center field fence. I was in the right field mezzanine, and I saw the ball clear the fence, and for whatever reason, the rest of the stadium didn't, didn't recognize that it was a home run for another two seconds or so. So I felt like I was in on a secret or something. So that's one of my more interesting uh, New York sports moments. And uh, the other thing they would mention, I think it sounds like a great book because, you know, so often now with uh, the championships and such, it seems like the day after the season is over, um, it's almost forgotten, and everyone's talking about what's going to be with next year hmm. and who's leaving, and et cetera, et cetera. So um, I definitely look forward to reading the book. Well, very good, Mike. Uh, thanks for that. I'm sure Gary and Todd are happy to hear that. It's a fascinating book. Where? Uh, let me ask uh, Gary, where might you have uh, the New York Rangers winning the Stanley Cup in 94. That is, Steve, that's definitely in the top 20. Um, Todd, if you, I didn't memorize the the order. Todd, if you want to give that away. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to give it away. It is the number six uh, moment in the book. And um, one of the more interesting parts of, of that is obviously Messier's guarantee, Steve, mm-hmm. that everybody remembers, and then he backs it up with the natural hat trick. And one of the things that I found interesting in doing the interviews from that is I asked Mark why he made that particular guarantee, and he said it all started with his own belief his team could win and that he wanted to reinstill confidence that he thought was lacking from the team at that moment going into that game that they had shown all year. And then Glenn Anderson told me that they were all in a limo with Brian Leach and, and Messi and Richter going out to the game itself. And, um, and Anderson turned to Messi and they famously obviously played together in Edmonton and said, uh, thanks a lot, Mark. Way to put some extra pressure on us. And then Graves went on to tell me that you know what? Mark was one of the best players in the NHL and at the most important time in their career in the Rangers history, that Mark came up with one of the biggest um, games of his career with the natural hat trick. And so he backed up his guarantee, just his name it did. And then if I could share just one more mm-hmm. tidbit with you, Steve, mm-hmm. Stefan Mateau said that he's never told the story before, but, he had the Stanley Cup in his hometown in Quebec um, at Eric Desjardins' bar, um, and a fan raised up the cup to take a picture with it, and it snapped in half, and the cup fell off it. And he said <laughs> a friend of his at the bar said, don't worry about it. I got you, Stefan. Took the cup for two hours. He wasn't sure it was coming back. Came back and said, it'll never break again. He said, if you put one ring around it he welded it together it's good put like eight um around it 
Um, and he found out about 10 years later that that guy had a huge party in his garage, even though it was one o'clock in the morning, in- inviting everybody over to party with the cup in his garage. Those were the people he said that believed he had the Stanley Cup. And it was about 10% that believed him, but said it was a heck of a party. So those are some of the stories that I found interesting and fun. Um, and, and that goes back to the sixth moment with uh, the Rangers winning uh, their first Stanley Cup since 1940. Yeah, and I saw in person that Mateau goal that Friday night, that Game 7, that would be on my list of top 20, that's for sure. Where um, on the top 20 list that you two put together uh, would be Piazza's home run against Atlanta 10 days after 9-11? So, I mean, I, I want to let me let me um, answer that question. It's number 11. But let me just say something about Mateau, Mateau, Mateau. Um, two very quick things, Steve. Number one is I agree with you. It was an incredible, incredible moment. And through the you know writing of the book, that was the moment. But what I found is there are so many great moments that make up the defining moments. So what Gary and I did is we took the championship itself. Mm-hmm. And then, um, as Gary said, there are different parts of the book in the pregame and all the moments that led up to it, we go into detail. So we go into detail about Mateau and that goal and how he just flipped it in front and he was as surprised as anybody went in and, and how he was on the float going down the Canyon of Heroes and he would turn to one side and like nobody recognized his face. And the people behind him would be screaming, Mateau, they would go nuts. And he would turn around and all of a sudden the people behind him on the other side would be going nuts. So it's stories like that that, that we put into the pregame and the postgame so that we didn't miss moments um, that we thought were important that led up to the championship. Um, and I've got a ton of stories from Piazza if you want to hear any of them, but I don't want to monopolize, you know, the, uh, the interview here. Well, that's okay. What you're doing is helping to sell what is already a very fascinating book. So you're really, um, I think touching on, you know, a number of things for a number of fans, uh, listening right now. And of course we heard from that previous caller, who was talking about the Pratt home run. Now, that's not going to be in most books in the top 20 New York sports moments. But again, very personal and very emotional and very, you know, memorable for sure for that one particular fan. And I would imagine there might be some sports fans who consider getting a foul ball at a baseball game uh, their most uh, memorable moment. Let's go right back uh, to the uh, phones. And Doc is calling from Hewlett. And Doc, you're on the fan in New York City. Hey, guys. I think you got something really great. And I listened to the preview of everything and heard all the moments. So uh, um, it's all great. Uh, I have a couple of moments to touch on that I know didn't make it, but I uh, just wanted to hear your take on this. Um, obviously, you started in 1960, so in 1958, Don Larson threw a perfect game in the World Series, which has never uh, been uh, duplicated. And the interesting thing about that is that uh, David Cohn threw a uh, perfect game on the uh, anniversary of that 
uh, on Old Timers Day when they celebrated Larson's uh, moment. So that's kind of like two moments. But and Larson, and Larson, by the way, was fifty six. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, no, uh, not a problem. And uh, <laughs> then two two other moments. Uh, and let me say that I'm a Mets fan. Um, I was at the World Series in '69. My mom took me to the game that the Mets won game five, and now Weiss hit the home run, that uh, guy who never hit a home run all year. <laughs> Probably the most amazing story in the history of baseball, most, the most unlikely team to win a World Series. So that moment for me is just uh, off the hook. But, um, you know, I go back to a couple of moments with the Yankees, and I know they're not worthy probably of the top 20, but the play Derek Jeter made in Oakland will never be duplicated. Nobody in, on earth could have been where he was when he threw that guy out at home plate. Uh, number one, so that was astonishing. And Thurman Munson hit a home run against the Kansas City Royals uh, in the playoffs when the Yankees were down in uh, one of the games in that series where they were dead and buried. And he had a line drive home run over the, over the 466 sign. And uh, the amount of uh, thunder and lightning in the stands and the insanity that took place from that. Um, you know, Thurman, you couldn't have interviewed, unfortunately, because he's not with us, but... Uh, like to hear what you guys have to say about all that. Yeah, very good call, uh, Doc. And and again, I think this illustrates, and, and thank you very much for your call. I think uh, both uh, with Gary and with Todd, it kind of illustrates how personal uh, some great moments can be for, for fans, uh, whether they're at their first game, whether they caught themselves a foul ball, whether... Uh, they saw uh, before anyone else may have seen with uh, Todd Pratt. I mean, it can just go on and on and on and be very, very personal. And and again, uh, do you both remember? Let me start with Gary first. Gary, do you remember the very first game, uh, whether it was football, whether it was baseball? You were talking about being with the Mets and 69, being a Met fan from the beginning. Can you remember your first game that you went to? Well, um, it was probably a Yankees game in 1960 or 61 mm-hmm. uh, before the Mets came into being. Um, so I'm sure my, my father had taken me to a game at Yankee Stadium. But, you know, starting in 62, and I, I was never a Yankees fan, but, you know, starting in 62 – we went to some games at the Polo Grounds for a couple of years. I remember the, the Mets beat the Cubs in one game. I think it was 19-1, to 1, which obviously was a complete aberration for um, the Mets teams of, of those years. But, you know, I think, you know, maybe the most memorable game I ever went to as a, as a fan, Steve, was, was game four of the 69 World Series. That was the game with the Swoboda catch and the, and the shoe polish mm-hmm. with um, – Cleon Jones and J.C. Martin's bunt and all that. <laughs> what I remember was a it was an afternoon game, as all World Series games were at that point in time. And um, all around New York City, it was moratorium day, protesting the Vietnam War. And nobody was going to school, even if you weren't protesting. And I had said to my mother that one of my best friend's aunts had gotten two tickets, and he asked me to go to game four of the World Series, and she goes, no, you're going to school. <laughs> I said, well, no one's going to school. I'm not going to school regardless. And they said, and, and my friend who I was going with was, was the smartest kid in our high school. He wound up going to Harvard and then Yale Law School. 
So I said, I'm going to learn more just by hanging out with him for the day than I will be will learn school anyhow. So you got to let me go to the game. And of course, you know, she finally relented and, um, and I got to go to the game and, and it's probably the most memorable sports event that I went to as a, as a fan. I've been, I went to 37 consecutive Super Bowls and saw some amazing games. But like I mentioned before, I didn't have a rooting interest in any of those games because that's what you're supposed to do when you, when you make this your profession and, um, you, you just can't root for the teams that you cover. But because I, like I said before, I never covered baseball and that was intentional. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the Mets have provided me with, um, some of the great, personal moments in my in my life in terms of going to games and and uh my kids are all Mets fans my son in, in particular uh adopted the Mets very very early in, in his life and you know just when you mentioned before Steve about the Piazza home run my son was only six years old then and but it made such an impression upon him on him that he went and he talked about it for years and grew to understand how that moment right there gave New Yorkers something to smile about for the first time in two weeks, even though it was just like a, a temporary reprieve from the agony uh, of that tragedy. Mm-hmm. But it made such an impression upon him that he, he wrote about it for his college essays, but it was more in the context of, what that moment meant to New York and, and how he came to really understand, uh, the, how sports can provide that escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't forget about ever, obviously about moments like nine 11, but the role that sports can play during that period of time for all of us, mm-hmm. I, I think can't be, uh, overstated that, we were all looking for something at that point that, you know, even for a brief moment would take our minds off of, of what happened. And, uh, I, I can still hear, you know, Howie Rose's call. He was doing TV at the time. And I think Howie's even laughed about it. I mean, Piazza hit that ball. It almost wound up in Flushing Bay. <laughs> I think Howie's call was something like this one has a chance. Yeah. I think it had a chance to go about 550 feet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think Howie's te- he's laughed about that. How he, it was a little more dramatic in terms of whether the ball was going to go out or not. But to me, that was just one of the great moments and said so much about New Yorkers rallying together and how sports can bring people together. Tears in everybody's eyes that night, that moment Yep. Uh, yep. at uh, Shea Stadium. And Todd, what about uh, the, the most memorable? Was it the David Tyree watching uh, with the New York football giants? Uh, in the Super Bowl, what is the most memorable uh, sport uh, sporting event that you attended or saw on television even? What uh, meant the most uh, to you of all your years with being the sports fan that you are? Um, well, I, I have to say possibly. Um, it's an excellent, excellent, excellent question. Um and I'd like to say two things, Steve. One of, one of the things that you've talked about a lot in this interview is how sports is very personal to people, and, and maybe it's their first game or maybe it's 
catching a foul ball. And one of the things that Gary and I did to start each chapter was to do that, was to make the moment visceral. So we started with a time capsule. Who was Amanda York? Who won the Oscar? Who won the Grammy that year? Who was president? So we want people to be taken back to that moment. So now to answer your question, maybe the Maybe the biggest moment for me personally um, was number nine, and that's the heavyweight championship bout between Ali and Frazier. And mm. my big brother, Alan Lewis, took me to see it on closed circuit. And just the enormity of, of that event and, and, and what Ali meant. And, and you know, even through my... Um, exceedingly uh you know young eyes at, at at that particular time and um you know i was just um seven seven years old i still knew that ali was a principal man that had stood up to the draft for his own um reasons and i knew that he hadn't lost and fraser hadn't lost and at that time which is very different from today the heavyweight champion of the world was the biggest athlete on the planet Earth. And I'm at this event with my seven-year-old eyes watching on closed circuit. It was such a big event that we paid a lot of money to watch it on closed circuit. And it was just an epic uh, battle of wills um, between those two men and Ali said it's the closest he ever felt to dying at the end of that um, particular match. So... Um, all of yeah. these, all of these resonate with me, but maybe that one is the most to me personally. And I once in the ring for a charity event with Muhammad Ali. True story. This leads us into Lou calling from Porchester. Lou, you're on with uh, Gary and Todd on the Fan New York City. Pretty appropriate that I follow that call because the last time we spoke. You may not remember. I believe it was Ali's passing, and you you told me that story. And yes, um, so maybe not the twenty uh, greatest moments, but you know, noteworthy because uh, I, I'm I'm of the family. Um, yep. So many places for me to go. It's funny because uh, I, Don Larson was a friend, so I'm on hold looking to talk about things. Uh, and Thurman Munson's. Agent Bob Wolf was was a dear friend, and, and, and Bob was supposed to be on that plane, and my Uncle Rocky ends up perishing in the plane. But very quickly, I know I'm outside of your, the, you know, the, the, the duration, the time, but I thought the way Rocky, <clears throat> my uncle, handled the fight with Joe Lewis at Madison Square Garden, um, a classic May-December coming up, um, the greatest, uh, you know, of all time at that point, Joe Lewis um, had, had called Rocky before the fight. Rocky was interviewed, and Rocky says, I don't want the fight. And Joe, they were friends. They would hang out at Jilly's and, and, uh, in the city. And Joe called, and he says, Rocky, I, I heard you saying you don't want the fight. He says, you got to fight me. I, I need the money. And, uh, and Rocky says, Joe, I, I don't want it. And Joe says, you got to do it. So um, I thought the way Rocky handled a tough, uh, a somber occasion uh, at the Garden was memorable and noteworthy. And when I look back on him, and, <laughs> you know, um, 
it's uh, it's proud uh, the the way that he that he, he he handled a tough night with someone he looked up to with reverence, um, the great the great Joe Lewis, and, um, and and certainly your uncle Rocky Marciano retires at forty nine and zero, and what a left hook he had. And uh, it is great to hear from you, Lou. Thanks a lot uh, for calling and and getting in on the program with with Gary and uh, with Todd. But Rocky Marciano, the great Rocky Marciano, heavyweight champion of the world, was uh, Lou's uh, uncle. And uh, Lou uh, used to call all the time when we were uh, here on a regular basis. Uh, uh, guys, we're just a, about out of time. I want to thank you both. Uh, Gary Myers and and Todd Ehrlich of uh, Channel 11 with uh, the sports. And uh, the book, uh, of course, is uh, one that is going to be fascinating. Um, Oh, yeah, and and let me, before I I say goodnight to both of you guys, uh, I know that, uh, Gary, you have a book about uh, the New York football giants that is out. and, uh, And, of course, you can give yourself a plug about that. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's called Once a Giant, and it's about the 86 uh, Super Bowl team and how they became a brotherhood. And 37 years later, um, how they've been affected by life after football, whether it's mental health issues, financial issues, physical issues, and how that brotherhood they formed in 86, 37 years later, is still very a very strong bond and they come to each other's uh, aid and assistance when, when necessary. And um, yeah, it, it's been out since September 12th. It's doing really well. I know that giant fans and NFL fans have reacted very favorably towards it. So I really appreciate that. And I do want to say one other thing about our, this other book with Todd. Todd doesn't know this, but Steve, in the last two hours of your show, if anybody can call up, and successfully name one through twenty. Todd will be inviting that person's family over to his house for a barbecue. <laughs> I didn't know that, but yeah. I am I am thrilled to do it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, listen, both of you. Thanks so much for an hour of your time. Uh, very much uh, appreciated uh, the hour that we were able to spend with each other and. Good luck with the book, The 20 Greatest Moments in New York Sports History, uh, Our Generation of Memories from 1960 to today. Gary and Todd, thank you so much for the hour. Thanks so much, Steve. You bet. uh, This is off the bucket list. I I spent time with you on the radio. I schmoozed with the schmoozer, so thank you. Anytime. Thank you both. And, uh, And good luck with the book. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.